Welcome everyone to episode number five of 100 Breaths, the podcast. The podcast, it's not about me, it's about you and everything around us. It's about open, raw and empowered conversations that can help everyday people learn techniques to deal with the challenges of everyday life. My name is Gavin McGay and I'll be your host. So what have we got in store for you today? Well, today we have a special guest on this episode whom I'll introduce you to in a moment, but here's a little brief intro into how today's episode came about. You see, this month for me, I have been participating in the Great Cycle Challenge. Now, this Great Cycle Challenge runs for the month of October and is now in its eighth year. And so far, they've raised over $20 million. That's right. You heard me right. Over $20 million that goes to the Children's Medical Research Institute, which is also the home of Genes for Genes. And I'm sure you've heard of that as well. Now, the Children's Medical Research Institute was founded way back in 1958 by Sir Lorimer Dodds and Dr. John Fulton. This line by Sir Lorimer Dodds sums it up pretty well. The prize for success is beyond all measure. The health and potential happiness of a vast army of children of today and tomorrow. So let's just let that sink in a little bit. The prize for success is beyond all measure. The health and potential happiness of a vast army of children of today and tomorrow. Now, what greater prize can there be? And you've got to take your hat off to these visionaries, Dr. Lorimer Dodds and Dr. John Fulton, way back in 1958 when they founded the Children's Medical Research Institute. And it's been going from strength to strength year after year. And they've created and some amazing breakthroughs. So I was out on a ride and I thought, How good would it be to have a guest on the show and talk about the role of the Children's Medical Research Institute and share with our community where the funds that are raised go to and the benefits to our society? Now, I get it. We all get our wallets and purses tugged on for donations, and I'm sure we would give to all if we were in a position to do so. And sometimes we get told all sorts of stories about how little of our donations actually make it where it is truly needed. So today I wanted to debunk any of those thoughts when it comes to the Children's Medical Research Institute. So how did it come about? Well, all it took was a phone call to the communications and media manager, the lovely Monique Cowper, and we set the wheels in motion. Thank you, Monique. You've been a breeze to work with. You did more than just take the phone calls and the emails. You actually took action and made it happen. Now, she made it happen. We didn't have any red tape. We didn't have to wait for months to get answers on anything. Monique just put the wheels in motion. We said, let's do this. And before we knew it, we were welcoming our special guest for today, which is Dr. Sam Rogers. So, Dr. Sam Rogers, welcome to 100 Breaths. Thank you for having me. It's a joy. And I just wanted to kick the a few questions off, Dr. Rogers, if that's okay. If you could tell our listeners what your role at the Children's Medical Research Institute is and how long you've been there. So, Gavin, my my role is a research officer, which uh, is a staff scientist, Um, and I've been at CMRI uh, just over three years now, uh, working with the Genome Integrity Unit here um, under the supervision of Associate Professor Anthony Caesar. So, tell us a little bit more about this particular unit that you're working with. What are you actually qualified as? So, I am a hardcore scientist. That's my 
uh, one and only qualification, unfortunately. Um, but what we research is um, basic biology, the, the biology that underpins all of, our, all of the cells within our body. And particularly, our lab is focused on the way your body responds to it, recognises and repairs uh, damage to your DNA. And what most people don't realise is that your DNA is constantly under threat um, throughout everyday life. And the way your body deals with that damage and repairs it is actually critical to the continued functioning of your body. But it's also the critical uh, point of origin um, and a consequence of many of the diseases that we are trying to research as well. Interesting. Now, what path led you to becoming a research scientist? I'm curious about that. Uh, I think it was, well, I don't think I was a know-it-all. I, I still am a massive know-it-all. Um, so I guess what really interests me is understanding and, and um, figuring out how things work at a really um, basic level or a really fundamental level. Uh, and that's always what's driven me to my interest in science. And then I, I also mix that with um, my, my father used to work in advertising for a, a pharmaceutical company. And I always used to ask him when I was a kid, you know, how, how do drugs actually work and what do they do and how do they interact with the body? And he could never really answer those sorts of questions in, the, in an, enough detail to satisfy my curiosity. And so when I was going through school and university, I think that's always what I was working towards is figuring out how things work. And that naturally led me into to science and, and biology and biochemistry, which is what I do now. Awesome. Thanks for that. Well, it's interesting that, uh, you know, I'm what we call a panel beater by trade. Um, some of us, we have a technical term for that called body repair technician, which sounds fairly clever. So my role was actually pulling cars apart, repairing them, the damaged motor vehicles, putting them back together and sending them back out on the road. So it's, it's a little bit like yours, but um, I'm not working with humans. <laughs> no, that's true, but uh, it's very much the same principles. Let's pull a few things apart and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, great stuff. Could you tell us about the team at the Children's Medical Research Institute? The team, I'm always curious as to what culture and energy is like in any type of business that I deal with. So what's the feel like at CMRI? Um, I've worked in other research institutes and I think uh, compared to those, CMRI is, is much more of a family uh, sort of environment, which sounds very cliche um, and a little bit parochial, but it's not. It's uh, a family in the sense that we're all holding each other up and we're all trying to accelerate our research, but also um, uh, encouraging everyone to reach the absolute potential that we can. Um, our research at CMRI is uh, incredible. We, we punch well above our weight in terms of our size. We're not a particularly large institute, but we produce some incredible data and some incredible results um, through the, the different teams that are here. And so the energy is always about uh, really focused on propelling the science and how best we can um, find cures and um, produce publications and make discoveries. That's what the energy is like. Awesome. That's great to hear. And that brings me to the next question. So what are you currently researching? So I work um, on these interesting DNA structures called telomeres, um, and most people may have heard of, well, some people may have heard of telomeres in the context of ageing. So we know that um, as humans age, our telomeres on, as a whole get shorter. Um, but what they don't know is that, that telomeres actually regulate a, a myriad of different functions in the cell. They perform a myriad of different functions. And in particular, one function is cancer has found a way to use telomeres 
in order to allow cancer cells to continually proliferate, divide, and, and eventually, unfortunately, cause the demise of a particular person. Um, so I'm investigating the ways that cancer cells use telomeres to prolong the, life, the lifespan of cancer cells, ultimately to um, try and interrupt that process and therefore um, stop cancer cells from continually dividing. Wow, fascinating stuff. And, and I'd like to talk about, if you could, uh, something I'm always curious about as well. Let's talk about the consistent, persistent pursuit of your work. And how do you and the team keep yourselves buoyant when it can take years to get a breakthrough? If we think back to uh, the invention of the, the light bulb, how many times was it that um, was it Thomas Edison said that I've, I found a thousand different ways not to make a light bulb? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, look, it's really hard. And I think this is perhaps something that um, the wider community, we don't, we don't talk about. And, and the reason it might seem frustratingly slow for uh, people who are in hospitals waiting for cures is that the research takes a really, really long time. Um, and a problem from the outset doesn't seem complex until you start researching more in, in greater depth, and then you realize the complexity of the problem that you're trying to address. And so to keep ourselves buoyant, you know, you just have to think of science as uh, a series of little wins, you know. We might be analyzing a specific cell type or we might be trying to master a technique and, and in, within those smaller experiments, you find little wins that sort of encourage you and motivate you. But also through our interactions with the community, and we're fortunate here at CMRI to have um, an enormous amount of interaction with the community, we are really inspired by meeting, uh, in particular, the, the patients and the children um, who have either benefited or are still unfortunately suffering from diseases that we're, we're attempting to um, research here at the Institute. And that's, that's really inspiring um, for me on a personal level, but also... My family, as I'm sure pretty much every family in Australia, has been touched in some way by cancer or some other um, horrible debilitating disease. And so you just have to, when you get discouraged by the day-to-day, -day, take a step back and look at the broader implications of what you're doing. Um, and the fact that, you know, you are having a go at, at trying to solve these immensely complex problems um, and, and that in itself should be enough motivation to keep going. Yeah, that's a great answer. Thank you. And I think when we talk about little wins, I think that was what resonated for me with what you just answered with. So it's no different in life, is it? We, we, if we can generate little wins here and there in, in business, in, in our personal relationship, um, in, in our health for these kids in, on their recoveries and their journeys through these illnesses that um, some of them are so developed debilitating, it's, it's hard to imagine what they would be going through. So if there can be a little breakthrough for them, it just can give them that little bit of um, more motivation to, to keep the fight strong. Exactly, exactly. I would agree. Now, would you be able to share with us three major breakthroughs in recent years and the impact that these breakthroughs have made for kids and families around the world? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So we um, here at CMRI have made um, some incredible breakthroughs in gene therapy. Um, so for those of you that don't know what gene therapy is, some diseases are caused by um, an error in the recipe book for your body, which is your DNA. Um, and so by 
a new way of trying to cure these diseases is simply extracting the recipe, figuring out what's wrong with that, and, and making a change to the DNA, and that fixes the problem. And CMRI has been both incredibly fortunate, but also through an immense amount of hard work, been involved in some incredible gene therapy trials. Um, and these are some of the first gene therapy trials in the world, which can potentially lead to an absolute cure for these patients. So that's, that's pretty incredible. Um, our lab in itself has under, um, shed light on more of the fundamental DNA repair pathways. So these are pathways that potentially could sensitize cancer cells to some very commonly used chemotherapies and improve the efficacy of these drugs, which would have an immense impact on a huge number of patients. So I think um, from last count, these, some of these drugs were used in 50 or 60,000 patients every year, which is a huge number of people. Uh, and then finally, um, perhaps where my work potentially sits is we, we have a whole host of really aggressive cancers that we don't quite understand the biology of. And what uh, my work and certainly the work in our lab is trying to do is um, identify key weaknesses within these cancers that are particularly aggressive. Um, and this may benefit a whole host of patients who have really got no other treatment other than uh, radiation or really just palliative care in a lot of cases. So we're hoping that although we're still at the very early stages at this point, um, some of the findings that we're going to produce in our lab may go on and actually produce some proper targeted therapies in these patients where, where no treatments are available. Wow, that's fabulous stuff. And so we, we really could say that the Australian scientists are at the forefront of a lot of great technologies that lead to some some global impact. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, we are. And that's pretty inspiring for us in the land of Down Under that we can be sharing these breakthroughs around the world and helping not only kids around the world, but I'm sure that some of these breakthroughs on this uh, gene therapy and all of the things that happen within DNA, it's once uh, I would imagine that if you can create a breakthrough, it then has the the opportunity to it's sort of like a um, it's sort of would be like a spider's web. I'm trying to express it that way to say, well, it, we've got the center of the web, but if we can create this one little breakthrough, we might be able to actually just have all of these um, sort of like sections of the spider web just going out in all directions that can then start to make breakthroughs on on a myriad of other diseases. Yeah, I like to think of it like uh, the hurdles, the, the running race. Um, if you've got hurdles in front of you, we've, we've gotten over one hurdle and, and now we're, we're going to put a step in front of the next one so it's much easier to get through and then that's going to allow us to get over the next hurdle and, and then the next hurdle and then before you know it, you know, there'll be an immense number of, of particularly, um, there'll, there'll be an immense number of different um, cures that can be produced using the, the knowledge that we've gained initially. Fabulous. So what can you tell us about the Great Cycle Challenge? Well, the Great Cycle Challenge is one of the many um, fundraising appeals that CMRI has, um, and it's an incredible opportunity for the community to get engaged in the research. People will often ask us, you know, how can we get involved and, and what can we do to help? And this is um, absolutely one of the things you can do. Um, so by raising money and, and riding your bike and getting a little bit fitter, which I'm sure all of us could use after being locked inside for so long this year, uh, we can raise a huge amount of money for CMRI, which goes directly into our research to help um, help us find cures 
and keep the lights on and keep the research coming. Yeah, that's really important. And that was the reason why I wanted to have this podcast today. I just wanted to debunk some of the myths and let's make it clear for the broader community that the money that we raise, it actually goes to the Children's Medical Research Institute. As much of that as humanly possible goes directly to the Institute to keep it funded because there's not huge amounts of money that uh, sent you away from the government. So whatever we can do to keep, allow professionals such as yourself to just say, focus on looking for these cures and and working in your lab to generate these breakthroughs. So we can play our little role by participating and and all getting together to raise some funds. So I'm going to flip the coin a little bit here now, Dr. Rogers, and I'm going to make you the host of 100 Breaths. <laughs> so I'm going to give you an opportunity to fire some questions at me. Absolutely, absolutely. I like, I like it when the tables turn. Um, I think perhaps one of, one of the questions would be, Gavin, uh, why did you choose to be part of the, the Great Cycle Challenge? To me, it's just something that resonated with me as a cyclist. And normally this time of the year, I'm overseas on business. And with COVID-19 hitting us this year, it's the first full month of October that I've actually been in the country for quite a few years. And I'd always had this particular urge to jump on the GCC and and be a part of it for the full month. And just knowing that these kids have got so much life ahead of them and whatever we can do to raise some funds and generate some breakthroughs that might give them that that better quality of life and allow them to live a longer life, that's the reason that I chose to be part of GCC. Absolutely. And, and is there a child in particular that you're writing for who has been through cancer or is currently going through treatment? Nope. I'm writing for all the kids. It's just... <laughs> It's uh, it's it's something in me that that just just makes me feel really worthy. It's just a little part that I can play, and that's the reason. I know that you know I've got kids and I've got grandkids of my own, and and that they're healthy, and I can be very grateful for that. But it's it's always nice to know that you can be a part of something bigger, uh, and and be contributing in some small way. Absolutely, I mean. That's part of the reason I do what I do is that not only do I enjoy the science, but I also get to go home knowing that I've done hopefully something that's altruistic and that, that might help a lot of people one day. And so what, what goals did you set for yourself on the Great Cycle Challenge? Well, that was an interesting one because I looked at it and I thought, okay, what, what am I going to nominate for myself? And, and let's see what we can do. So I set a goal of 1,000 kilometres and I also set a financial target to raise two and a half thousand dollars. So they were the two key goals, a thousand Ks and two and a half thousand dollars in funds raised. Wow. Wow. So a thousand Ks, what's that? Uh, most of the way to Melbourne, isn't it? They're probably not riding there at the moment. <laughs> two, 250 Ks a week. Wow. So that's a thousand Ks. I'm based at Tweed Head. So it's, it's basically like riding, I suppose, from Brisbane to Sydney. Yeah, man. That's, uh, it's much further than I could ever ride. And how are you going with the goals? Where, where are you at so far? Well, I'm, I'm pretty pleased to say that I, I went for a ride yesterday afternoon after I wound up the office. And with that ride yesterday, I did a 70K ride yesterday and that tipped me just over the 800Ks ridden. So I'm pretty pleased with that. I've got to thank my left leg and my right leg for that and the interaction with the mind. So they've contributed greatly. And with my financial goal, we've... 
uh, we surpassed the $2,500 and I think we're at about $3,300 at the moment, but we're not going to stop at that. We're still looking for some more donations. That's really phenomenal. We, uh, we and everyone at CMRI, myself included, really have to thank you and everyone out there who's currently writing for the, the Great Cycle Challenge. We really appreciate it. And, and on that, how has the experience been for you and, and what feedback would you have for uh, us and other writers out there? And, and what feedback have you received from people who are um, opening up their wallets and, and handing over some money? Oh, look, I've had some fabulous feedback there. People have been donating, you know, ten dollars, twenty dollars, a hundred dollars, two hundred and fifty dollars. They're just whatever they can, and and people that haven't been in a position to donate have been really good at just the encouragement to say, "Hey, you're doing a great thing. Keep it going." Um, the experience for me has been phenomenal. I've I've loved every single minute that I've been on the bike, saddle sores and all. It's and, and the reason is because. The cycling I find is is great for my own mental health, and when you can find something that's good for your own mental health, and you focus into that, a lot of things change about how you function as a human being day to day. So that side of the experience is phenomenally good for me, and the whole experience overall is has been well worthwhile. So it's not as if at the end of the month that we stop riding; we just keep that going. So. We, we keep looking for ways to keep ourselves in a, a good mental frame of mind. And we keep encouraging people to say, well, helping raise funds for certain causes doesn't stop at the end of the month as well. We want to try and keep that rolling. So um, thanks for that question. I, I've enjoyed answering a couple of these. And normally as the host, you ask the questions, but it's good to get a little <laughs> back at you. But look, you seem to be a bit of a natural at this hosting. Oh, I can definitely talk. <laughs> Well, look, Dr. Rogers, thanks very much for taking some time. It's, it's really been a joy to catch up and just run through these questions to get a bit of clarity around where the funds go and the work that everyone there is doing. Just how many of you are on the team there at the Children's Medical Research Institute? Uh, it sort of goes up and down depending on the year, but uh, we sit around 200 uh, people at CMRI, uh, which is not a huge amount. Um, you know, bigger than a fish and chip shop, but it's uh, it's not as big as some of the research institutes out there. So we're we're uh, a nice small knit community here at CMRI. Now, there's also something else we need to debunk. Now, we think about scientists in white coats and pens in the pocket. Let's debunk that myth. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the biggest fallacies out there is that uh, we walk around holding beakers in our uh, white lab coats, and that's certainly not the case. Uh, we're actually a group of quite young individuals, so uh, men and women, um, a lot of us in uh, our uh, early 20s, unfortunately some of us in our late 20s, and unfortunately, like myself, some of us in our early 30s. Um, and then, of course, there's the uh, older and more established professors who are a little bit older than us. For their benefit, I won't tell you their ages. But, um, yeah, we're, we're really young and, and um, productive and, and really um energetic group of people. <laughs> oh, that's great to hear. Well, don't discount us elderly as a, or middle-aged, as we'll call it. If I turn the video on, you'd be staring down the road of a 58-year-old mammal, as we call him, which is a, a middle-aged man in Lycra. Absolutely not. Wouldn't dare, wouldn't dream of it, especially when one of them is paying 
Uh, so that's cool. Yeah, no, it's really good because it's good that, it, you know, you're, you're the future of the world. You guys are the, are the youth that are coming through and <laughs> you'll be the ones generating the breakthroughs. And I, I sort of sum it up this way. Ultimately, we're all in this journey of life together and, and we all radiate energy. So it's about lifting the energy, send it towards all the sick kids around the globe, fighting for a quality of life that sometimes as healthy people we can truly take for granted. And it's up to us to get behind organisations like the Children's Medical Research Institute that dedicate their energies towards fighting cures for some of these terrible illnesses. And I have to say, Sam, you're a champion among champions there at the Children's Medical Research Institute. And I truly have to thank you for some, taking some time out of your busy day to share with us your story. Thank you very much for having me on and, and thanks for getting involved in the, the Great Cycle Challenge. It's, um, it's great to hear some feedback from, from the people on the pavement. Yep, well, that's awesome. Now, I've got one of our catchphrases here on 100 Breaths and a final question I have for you is, Dr. Sam Rogers, who are you breathing for today and why? Oh, I think it's, it's probably always my family. Uh, I'm fortunate to have a, a really great um, family who love and support me and um, they're uh, it's cheering me on at every step of the way, which is really great. Excellent stuff. So there you have it, everyone. There's Dr. Sam Rogers from the Children's Medical Research Institute. And as you've heard, the mammal has murmured for the fifth episode of 100 Breaths. If you enjoyed this episode, please share. And if you have a story to tell or someone you feel would make a great guest speaker, we'd love to hear from you. Our contact details are available in the episode description. Let's get this machine cranking and supporting each other along the way. So for me, it's bye for now. And thanks for listening in. Until next time, remember, who are you breathing for today and why? And we're not here to become world famous. We just want to make a world famous difference. Thanks for listening, everyone. And thanks for your time, Dr. Sam Rogers. Mm-hmm.